I, I stepped into it like, well, let's just wing it. <laughs> and then at some point, okay, this movie needs to be the best movie ever. I need to, this is going to be my masterpiece, you know. You're listening to the VFX process, where we talk to the industry's most talented artists, including film, TV, and game. From concept artists to previous 3D animators and visual effects artists, we take a deep dive into a personal project of theirs and take a look at the work that went into them as well as show an insight into the mind, workflow and career of each artist. For any visuals discussed in this episode, we have provided a link to images and videos should you need a bit more context. The VFX process, getting intimate with your industry. Brought to you by Big Two Studios. If you enjoy this show and haven't already, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us out a lot. In today's episode, Jamie speaks with Rick Schutte, the visionary director behind Blender's latest open movie, Wing It. This short film, crafted entirely within Blender, introduces a captivating 2D animation style that showcases Blender's true versatility. Rick is no stranger to the world of animation, having started his feature film career in the Netherlands working on The Little Vampire. He then moved on to Sony, where he contributed to the creation of Smallfoot, and later took on a key role as the lead animator in the Oscar-winning animated masterpiece, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Rick takes us on a journey through the making of Wingit, sharing insights into the creative process, challenges faced, and the innovation that sets this project apart. Rick gives his honest opinion about directing for the first time, reveals what it was really like working on Spider-Verse, and gives us some early information about the release of Grease Pencil 3. For all this and more, stick around. Hey Rick. Hey. Hey, hey. Hello. Hello, how's it going? Good. How are you? We're all good this end, Rick. Thanks, man, and appreciate good. your time. So, my name is Rick Schudder. I uh, am the director of Blender's latest open movie, Wing It. Can we talk about how Wing It came about and how does an animator at Blender get into the seat of with the director hat on? Tell, can you tell us that story, please? So, we finished Charge, which was, I would say, semi-realistic, and Ton Rosendahl, the founder of Blender, he always comes with these crazy, crazy ideas where it's like, what if developers are cats and the artists are dogs? Because, and, and, and coming up with this kind of like analogy of two different species that have to work together. And that was the start-off point where we wanted to make a movie that was an analogy of how we work at Blender. Because we at Blender, we have basically two departments. We have the development department, that is actually creating Blender, creating all the features and, and maintaining Blender and whatnot. And then there's the art department, which is the people that break Blender, basically. <laughs> it's it's the perfect the story is the perfect kind of like yeah. this is how this how it is. This is how it is. And even during the project, it it making a movie, it feels like you're flying this rocket and it's going down and you it's somehow you need to make a way to 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 not crash right so that's where the story started and but everybody at at blender was able to pitch an idea it was mentioned as as an in-between project it kind of like blew out of proportions a little bit in terms of we wanted to tell and, and was it meant to be like a series like i read somewhere that it was an idea of it potentially being yeah the format uh the format was was set for for a one minute thing and and then later on we could could do something else with it and have little sketches uh and that's still like uh something that that could work it 
could be happening. I did. So this was the thing. Like, I pitched the version that was around three minutes. And then uh, everybody was like, oh, my, this is fun. This is really cool. And then I went to uh, the producer, Francesco CD. You've got to go and check with the people with the money first, right? <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> so I mentioned to him, well, I do have this one-minute version. Because I felt like, okay, this three-minute version for the time that we have, like the movie should wrap around April. Well, we're now in September. So <laughs> uh, so I was like, okay, that three-minute version movie, we're probably not going to make it. So let me try to make this one-minute version uh, as a pitch. I pitched it to him, and it was more about like similar beginning, like the dog and the cat, and there's a conflict between them. And the button, the red button gets pushed, but the rocket flies into the air, but they get totally blackened by the by the fire and whatnot. And then, then you would have a similar ending where the cat is just super angry about the dog. So Francesco was like, well, that's a one gag short. I want I want these this other version. I want this roller coaster. So so that was like, okay. Uh, you said so, it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of the the, the unofficial go for making the longer version. So talking about pitching it to pitching wing it to Ton, what was Ton's first reactions? Well, <laughs> the first pitch I pitch the solution to fixing the plane was to use an add-on as a solution to 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 like there was an add-on package and the, he would, the dog would open it up and he used oh, okay. the steering wheel. Like a blender add, like yeah. a, a blender add-on, sure, yeah, sure. a plug-in for uh, other people. And uh, Ton was like, "Well, I don't like that because that would mean Blender isn't capable of, oh, okay. you know, solving." So that was definitely a, a no-go. Where I, the dog would use an add-on to fix the the problem. We had a couple of endings. We had a couple of beginnings that we wanted to try out. So at some point. I came to him and I said, look, there is a version that exists that doesn't crash the rocket. Because I was like, I want to make sure that he's okay with it. Because if it would represent Blender, it doesn't mean that it's, it's oh, crashing. Right. And, you know, so, but he was like, no, man, it's fun. It's great. And I love <laughs> it. So don't change it. So I'm like, okay, that's good. So, no, he was super relaxed about it. And that's uh, funny that we've had it before. Like, we when we think Blender's about to crash, we're like, Blender won't crash. Blender can't crash. <laughs> and then he does it. Oh, thank the Lord. Blender. <laughs> and what's it like landing that first like pitch and it's green lit? Like, oh, my idea is is all happening. Yeah. And, and you know what? I didn't know what I was getting into. <laughs> I uh, Well, I mean, I've worked on movies, but I ha haven't, you know, really went through the process. Because I did the writing, but also the storyboarding and the editing at Blender, we have a small team, so one person is doing multiple things, so you wear multiple hats. At Blender, we show an update of the of the story of the or the movie every week. So every Friday, there is a weekly at Blender where we present our work, and we see an update of the movie. And that put on a healthy amount of pressure on like really trying to, to move this thing forward. Uh, but that includes also showing that first super ugly version, which is a bunch of terribly drawn uh, storyboards. And even though it's 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 a bit muddy and a bit 
rough, uh, it 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 gives you something to to continue to iterate on. So that was definitely a learning experience because I was a lot of the things I solved, I tried to solve within my head and make the perfect movie inside my head, and then I start drawing. But as soon as you communicate <laughs> this to somebody else, it's like, well, he didn't understand what I was meaning. Yeah, and now it's like, I bet. Yeah, you, you're second guessing yourself and uh, like finding the balance between directing a team, so being firm about ideas, because a lot of people have opinions and you want to to navigate through that correctly, but also be kind of the cheerleader of the team. You know, you want people to be excited and and the morale, uh, keep the morale high. And how, how did you do that? It, with this show, it came rather naturally because seeing the the designs and the the first renders you know the stuff that Simon and Andy put out in terms of like the early shading tests and whatnot now s- slowly you start to be to see how this thing is coming together and every time we were uh, uh, looking at new renders and whatnot it's it's seeing your idea come to life in a sense. So, and it gets, it gets you excited, I, I imagine. Yeah, gets super excited. Like in the beginning, it's like, oh, there's this one guy that's uh, making stupidly drawn storyboards and uh, with half-baked jokes in there. And, uh, <laughs> and suddenly, like, the team joins and you all kind of, like, work together to yeah. to, to elevate the whole story, the, the, the characters and, and everything. So... Towards the end, when you feel like, oh my gosh, this is, it, this is how it's gonna look, and 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 then the music comes in because the music has been uh, live uh, orchestrated. I think it's in one of the production logs that we put out. That's a, a whole different world that came and joined the joined the movie. So, because as, as an animator with the, the idea that you pitch, um, I guess you you're directing it in your head, like you say, you kind of have it in your head how it's going to be, you know. It's super exciting It is to, to it just is. see all the pieces come together. Did it turn out anything like what you had in your head at the start? Like, obviously, when you're pitching an idea, you've got a vision. With this movie, I tried to kind of, like, refer or, like, pay a homage to the old TV cartoons when I was a kid. Uh, the Cartoon Network uh, cartoons, like the Tom and Jerry's and the... And really see if we could, with Blender, create a 2D look that, but with a fresh style to it. So from the get-go, it was very clear what we were aiming for in terms of style. And then obviously there's discussions with the concept artists with the possibilities of what we we were able to do. And ultimately came up with, with a style that would fit within the pipeline of that we the, we have at Blender. For example, we did some grease pencil drawings on top, but the majority of line work that you see in the movie is geometry notes. They rewrote some of the tools with geometry notes so it would render quicker or like like it had more dynamic texture to it for the outlines on the characters, on the rocket, on the assets and whatnot. And that is something that now is will be combined for the next project where they, they're developing a new tool, a new version of Grease Pencil. I think it's Grease Pencil 3. And that will have a integration with Geometry Nodes as well. So, oh, okay. So that 
did that did that come from this project yeah during this production was was something that came up and and is now being continued to to be developed uh, for the next uh, production where it will be way more painterly in a way so so really hand like brush strokes and whatnot so no, that's great that's what we mentioned earlier like you know it's a great way to kind of test things and and you come up with things and and good things come out of these shorts and that being one good example that was also exciting for the development department where it's like oh they're combining certain tools and let's see if we can make that integration better for future purposes so i feel like unique to working at blender where you have these two forces working or sometimes fighting together but i was going to say do you ever want to kill each <laughs> do you ever want to kill each other at any point yes. yeah so so but yeah that's like being close to development doing something creative versus something technical and and combining the, those two is is a sweet spot for me so and then next to that I, I just wanted to mention it because i think it's unique for for my for my first experience with blender because so it was during the corona covid pandemic when me my family we decided to move back like things looked like like the borders could close and whatnot in canada and then we decided to go back uh, and Blender was a great option because especially in the Netherlands, Blender is one of the companies, if they do, don't do uh, feature films, they always have this desire for excellence. And that was a requirement for me to be able to, to express my creativity and, and, and really try to challenge myself. But when I started at Blender, the first day, it was actually the online conference and we were looking at people all over the world that were making, uh, had, they had made a video about their life and how they work with Blender. So like when you need to pay this amount of money for a subscription on any software, for a lot of people, it's not affordable, uh, right? Of course, yeah. So all of these videos that, that were shown at the conference, it was like stay-at-home mom that loves to, to, to do art and use it to 3D print some stuff at home. There is a group uh, of guys in Nigeria that bought together, they scrapped, like they collected money, bought, bought a secondhand computer and they installed Blender and they started this designing company, retired group of people in Austria and they wanted to make their own fantasy film. Suddenly you're like, wow, this is such a different community because when you're working at the big studio, which is amazing, you work, at big movies, but now you suddenly are connected way more with people that are using Blender and, and creating movies with it. And uh, that felt, yeah, such a different purpose almost. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, we're really inspiring those people and trying to make Blender better for, for, for everybody. Yeah, I bet. I can imagine that's, that's a really great to see everybody kind of just using it in, in so many different ways with, you know, little experience or lots of experience it doesn't really matter you know the fact that they're opening up and and exploring and creating that's yeah inspiring t just to see you know yeah when you mentioned you went back to um netherlands you were also credited on otto which is made by job joris yeah and which we've done an episode with yeah um, i saw it yeah cool man they're such a great bunch of people yeah it's i i was uh actually their neighbors for a bit 
Oh, really? I was doing freelancing uh, in Utrecht, which is close to Amsterdam. But uh, and they were there as well, and they were asking, "Oh, would you love to uh, to uh, collaborate on a project?" So uh, yeah, that was amazing. Great, such a sweet team, and uh, yeah, they they're also doing something very unique with their style and and their stories are so fun. I was watching the other day. I was watching um, the Blender premiere of uh, Winget. It looks a really great place to hang out and watch a premiere. I saw a ton. To me, the working at Blender, there's there's very much a family vibe. It's like little parties. We tend to get family and children and everything is coming over and uh, having a good time together and have some food. And it's really, really uh, laid back and celebrate the movie in this uh, instance. So, yeah, it's really nice. See what what what's the craziest blender party that's gone down? The, the craziest, <laughs> or are you not I, allowed to say? Well, I think I've been working at Blender for almost three years now. Great parties happen at the Blender conference; okay. those are amazing. Last year, Andy and Simon, the um, art director from Charge, and Simon is doing crazy stuff with geometry nodes and whatnot. Andy was doing the live music. Simon was doing the live visuals within the Blender viewport. So the music was linked to the audio pulses of, and, and it was a live Blender session, actually. <laughs> and everybody nice. was just dancing and grooving. And it was super fun. Before becoming the director of, uh, of a short, what was it in your mind what it was going to be like or what you thought it would have was going to be like as a director for the first time? Mm. I... Learn a bit more about myself <laughs> in that sense that in the sense that as an animator, you, you are working on your own little island, let's say, and you make it and that's what it is. And, and with directing a movie, suddenly you have to give it away to other people and it will never be exactly how you imagined it. So I really uh, had to let go of that urgency of, of uh, just give me that shot or give me and, and I'll do it myself. Yeah, know? like let me just tweak it. I guess yeah. the temptation to go, oh, you know what? I didn't expect it to be like that. Can I, can I just sit there for 10 minutes and just... Let me grab your wrist and then we'll draw it together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a, a conscious decision where I was like, well, I want this to be a movie that, that's owned by, by everybody. So everybody feels like they have ownership over their work. So I, I stepped into it like, well, let's just wing it. <laughs> there we go. And then, and then at some point, okay, this movie needs to be the best movie ever. I need to, this is going to be my masterpiece, you know? So that was a pendulum swing where it was like, oh, this is, I, I'm going to quit or it's, it's, and then the next week is like, oh, these new visuals, it's going to be super awesome. Yeah, it was an emotional roller coaster in that sense. Your self-esteem gets challenged uh, multiple times, uh, which is good. I, I, even though there were struggles, like ideas, I second guessed, or th but making decisions at the right time uh, gave me, yeah, the confidence that okay, this we're we're able to make a fun movie out of it. Mm -hmm. And looking back at it, those struggles, they that's where you learn the most. Yeah, that's really definitely. where you start growing and become a better yeah. filmmaker. So. Yeah, absolutely. Would you say that was one of the main struggles overall? Like, is just directing for the first time, or was there any other struggles that you can remember being like, "Man, that was tough." Well, it was definitely in the beginning where 
I uh, also were was sketching uh, out the character designs and uh, that I went very much into detail on how I th thought the characters would look like. A concept artist, Vivian Wilkowski, she, uh, she did her own twist on it. At some point was like, well, this is not what I expect it to be, right? Like, well, no, no, I need to give her the space and trust. It's also a, a trust thing, right? Sure, yeah. But you need to trust people that they are totally capable of, of doing the job. So yeah, that was something I had to learn as well to step away and, and let people do their job. As the Because I did also animate a bunch of shots together with the animation team. So supervising that uh, was also quite a bit of influence on how things would look, how the animation style would, yeah, would be. And uh, there I felt like I was quite picky on, on the animation and on also additional things because as, as animators, we would control the characters, but we would also control the environment. So the, the interior of the rocket, for example, for every shot, we uh, made the composition. So, so it feels like a 2D image that means that the the whole panel all the panels that were there would be distorted in a way that it felt like oh this this is designed for this particular shot so so as animators uh, and me and and Shelty as well uh, who did the layout uh, we for every shot we go in there and made sure that every little button would be designed for this composition so right so that was good because yeah. that would give me a lot of control and animation to to start posing the, all elements and and make the shot re as readable as possible. So what were the shots that you got to, to create? Did you choose them and go that shot? I've, I need to get my hands on that shot. Uh, no, not necessarily. I I think the the rocket in in the air, uh, a bunch of those exterior shots. There was a lot of technical like parent constraints uh, uh, that I was like I don't want I don't want to bother animators with it so give them the meaty shots that that were uh, a very uh, much character animation and I'll do some of the more lower hanging fruit I did animate the introduction of the dog so the dog barging in and and popping off his helmet there was a lot of different versions on how are we introducing this dog. And I wanted to make sure that we we kind of like had a, f a funny start with this dog. So that that was something I, I animated. She comes in and presses all the buttons. It's quite fun. Yeah. Like all the toys. It's like being in Blender as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, the per it's the perfect kind of story for that. I keep saying it, the dev, the artist, especially with Blender, mm. constantly be de being developed. Look at all these new shiny toys. What, what was the... Um, you know, one of the one of the most challenging um, parts of this short. I have to say, the short was overall uh, the production was rather smooth, and that was mainly because the rendering in Eevee is so fast. Yeah, you can iterations, and it's there. Yeah, you know. So currently, they are developing a new version of the Eevee renderer. It's called Eevee Next. And the developer that's working on that was able to port some of his code to uh, the current version of Blender, which is using, we're, we're using the old Eevee, but it made the rendering transparency way quicker. So in that way, we suddenly had a, a boost in rendering time. That way we could easily re-render shots. So, so we had 
quite a luxury of once the movie was animated and rendered, we were able to go back into shots and say, okay, let's let's put the icing on top, right? It's really adding a bit of more detail here and there. And it would just render in, in an hour, like the whole shot. So uh, that, that stuff was uh, definitely a, a plus. Yeah, at some point we had to freeze the Blender version. That means, because we are working with new versions every day. At some point we were doing, when you're in the thick of production and suddenly Blender gets updated and now your characters won't load anymore. Oh, or I guess you stuff. won't open up a scene every morning, just fingers, cross your fingers, go, is it yeah. going to work? Yeah, so at some point you need this to be stable. So it was at the 70% mark, we were like, okay, let's stick with this version, a 3.6 oh, okay. something to finish the movie so we don't have unexpected uh, crashes that, that will delay uh, any of our work. Is that when the artists open up blender in the morning and go mental and start throwing things at the devs and go you've broke my scene oh yeah that happens that happens yeah 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 yeah. it's uh then suddenly there's a massive queue at the coffee machine (laughs) everybody's like well i can't do anything that's uh oh that's when you'd know that like oh (laughs) something's happened everyone's queuing up again yeah i've seen it what what was that kind of like coming up with, I guess the initial story, the the struggles of that. Like, is it gonna? Is it this the right story to tell? Like, how do you? It's it's it, it goes more into the meta story of how do characters develop? Like, they all they both have their own little arc. The dog that gets introduced as a excited but silly character, but in the end saves the day, but then crashes again. And the cat, like, it's a similar. Uh, arc but the other way around where there is right when they're flying a little bit of appreciation for the the, the workarounds that the dog made but then eventually will will end back up it's almost like a loop it loops they, again yeah. yeah yeah so those kind of elements to try to fit them nicely there were versions where we went way more dramatic with the cat uh, during the flight where the cat saw the dog so so the cat gets smashed into the back the, the dog starts to take over and it looks like he's demolishing the plane even more and the cat is like it, it goes a bit darker where it's like i'm going to kill this guy oh, so really? his, his nails go out and he wants to 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 kill this dog the director's cool uh, the director <laughs> <laughs> so all of these puzzle pieces you try them and and shape and then shave them shave some some stuff away yeah, there there are ten different versions of this movie that could could have been made, but in the end, you yeah try to make the decision of mm-hmm. actually finishing a movie, and also yeah. uh, it's suitable for a general audience and for my kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I had a lot of help from Hjalti Helmarsson, uh, the director of Charge. He was he's sitting next to me in in the office. Oh, nice. Shout, shout out to Helter. It's like having a mentor that, that helps you with the story development. And he was really showing me how to create this story structure that would make the characters work uh, and, and, and set up these, these character arcs and try to, to generate these questions and, and make sure that the story is readable and, and understandable. So that's something I'm very grateful for to have people that have the experience of making a movie and and helping along the way to to get it done. Now that you've sort of experienced the the world of directing, 
obviously you've been you was in the thick of it with all sorts of hats on this project uh, hey. Rick but you know what have you t took from this experience and is it something that you want to go down and direct more things or it is a bit too soon to say to say to say like okay I'm gonna next year I'm gonna do another one because we are currently working on a production where I will be like animation supervising uh, role but also doing a bit of storyboarding for for a sequence so it's uh, but that's that is what I would like uh, to have the variety of roles. It's really uh, and even as a director, you're you're doing a lot of stuff yourself. It's not that you're sitting on a big chair with a, a megaphone shouting at people. <laughs> it's really being on the ground and and make the movie work. And that's that's a charming thing. Working at Blender, a small team, we worked on this movie with around eight artists, uh, eight to ten, I believe. Uh, so, so yeah, it's a small team, and everybody is is crossing over to other departments to kind of like make it work, and and that's a difference from working at a, a massive studio, where it's way more hierarchy going on. But I feel like I'm in the right place for now, being uh, able to direct a movie, but also going back and uh, just do animation. So, do 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 you, do you prefer that balance, like? Yeah, I do. You, you still get to be in touch with like, oh, I can do some animation. I guess oh, it's yeah. quite nice to to be able to not just be like you say on a megaphone going. Oh yeah, change that. Hundred percent. I yeah. I am not even comfortable <laughs> doing that kind of thing. Like I'm also involved with the development of the Blender module. So right after this, uh, I will have a meeting with the developers talking about new features in the animation tool. So the variety of things that that I'm allowed to do here is, it's really cool. Most of my career, I was doing character animation, and I'm actually an animator. So just to go all the way back, when I actually started with 3D, uh, I was around 14 years old, and I had this old PC at home. And fr from a, a friend of mine, I got a cracked version of 3DS Max, I think. As, as we all start with cracked versions, you got it, it's gotta be done, yeah? That's where you all start, right? And you just, play around and suddenly I think it was even an accident where I, I hit a shortcut that was actually setting keys on things and now suddenly stuff was moving around and I was like wait a minute and I was like oh my gosh I can make my own movies now and from there on I, I applied for the art academy in the Netherlands doing art media and technology and and specializing in, in 3D animation actually 3D animation and visual effects so you get a broad taste of of compositing, rendering, uh, animation, modeling, ev everything a little bit. I graduated in 2011. Then I was already collaborating with a existing web development company, and they wanted some 3D visuals, and that spiraled out into something where we wanted to do more interactive websites with with like the 3D experience and whatnot, which was fun. But ultimately, I felt like uh, I really wanted to go into film more. So back then in the Netherlands, there was not an industry for 3D animation, like a uh, feature film. There were no f feature films produced back then. And actually the first one that got produced was is called The Little Vampire 3D. And I was like, oh man, I need to get on board here. And uh, so that was my first uh, feature film. Right before that, I was I wanted to to specialize more into character animation, so I did Anim School. Man, that was such a boost. 
like I, I thought I, I was. <laughs> you thought you knew what he was doing. <laughs> I thought I knew what I was doing, and suddenly it was like, oh my gosh, this is a whole new world, right? Really, really, that was a. I would say, yeah, a turning point in my career where I felt like, oh, uh, with these kind of things, you you need to put in the miles, doing bunch of shots and assignments and whatnot, and uh, a couple of those I made, I collected them and made it. A demo reel and send that to Sony Imageworks in Vancouver. Man, you've got, you went straight in the deep end there. You was like, I'm going for Sony. <laughs> it was during a, a time where when I visited the US and there was CTN, the uh, convention of uh, animation and whatnot. And there were a bunch of studios that were recru- recruiting. And I, I think I was in line for a couple of them, but they, the lines were endless right everyone's standing there with a usb showreel yes yes and i was in line for sony and right before i was uh able to show my stuff they closed and i was like oh my gosh so they say like well just just email your demo reel and put your name down here and i was like oh man it's not the same is it (laughs) yeah no it was it was a a bit of a bummer back then what but the weather was good and we went to the beach it was all fine but uh, two two weeks later, I got this email back from, "Hey, we really like your work, and uh, and uh, in a couple of months we have a new show starting." Yeah, that was unexpected, but super amazing. Like it was, it was something I always wanted, right? And so me, my wife, we uh, we moved to uh, to Vancouver, and uh, I started on a movie called Smallfoot. So that was my first show, and. And then I stuck uh, and, and rolled over to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. That was such an, a unique experience as well. Like, it was a tough show to work I, on. I can like, imagine, yeah. What, like, tell us yeah. a little bit about that experience. Well, you, you definitely felt like this was something big. Yeah. And the directors really wanted this this prime, like, uh, premium <laughs> uh, acting uh, performance on every shot, right? So so there were definitely shots where people were working for months on, on a three-second shot. But at the time, I, I really felt Sony was pushing and really uh, taking some risk in terms of visual uh, uh, language, visual development in, in animation. At times, I really felt like, wow, this is such an amazing time to be part of new era of animation yeah i was gonna say kind of that's the point where things changed a lot after spider-verse um into you know inspiration style like it's really put a twist on everything and then people want that spider-verse vibe the feel the look the style you know it's it's it was a risk in the sense of the amount of labor that had to go into these movies especially in the beginning when nothing was figured out you know it's it's you Kind of like they they had to reinvent some of of the techniques and 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 I think they had more compositors on the show than animators. That's a testament to the the whole final outcome, isn't it? Like it, you might think from you know the untrained eye, oh, there's there's a hell of a lot of animation. There's a hell of a lot of a lot more. Like the audio, everything, every single piece into that puzzle is times ten. You know, it's yeah. they went all in. Yeah, it was actually the moment when. The first trailer uh, got released, and they saw like the amount of excitement and and how viral it went. 
where they, the, and we were still in the middle of production. I'm not sure who gave the go, but it was like, okay, let's put another bag of money on this because I think this is going to be, yeah. So, so they doubled down on, on the style and really, uh, walk the extra mile for it when that movie got released and and they got the oscar which was amazing um they were like okay let's make every movie that we make from now on a unique experience when you was animating on um spider-verse um was that part as an animator i presume you were responsible for the the 3d and the 2d elements yeah so so obviously the the the, the characters the character animation but also some additional effects that were uh, we were able to to draw in in the viewport there, but that was not very flexible. I would say it was uh, quite static. You weren't able to, let's say, animate uh, back then. You weren't able to to animate multiple frames uh, in in like a, a tool that was able to two D animate, let's say. But yeah, you were able to put in extra inclines on the characters and. And also, you know, they, they were happy to give us the space to to come up with with new ideas uh, and and put in. Sometimes, when a character was being smashed and it was flying across the screen, instead of having the character there, just a couple of scribbles to 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 emphasize the the motion or like emulate the motion blur in that sense. And that was something that I don't know that that when you're working on a show where those kind of explorations are embraced that's so much fun oh yeah i was i was i was going to ask about that um freedom to um kind of explore on on especially spider verse and the question for me was like you know it seems so free like you know the lines and like the, yeah. the style and and there's multiple styles and you know there's the painterly effect there's some scenes especially and in spider across the spider verse mm-hmm. so, there's, you know, there's different tones and, and yeah. different techniques to to portray different scenes and scenarios and things. I was going to ask about how kind of restricting were the the kind of you know the directors and like it has to be this. Well, that it's it's um... <laughs> yeah, you can't go to yeah. There's there's restraints, but they're quite and there were definitely like um, what they call like a character bibles or, or mm, style mm-hmm. guides to to give a. a a canvas that we were able to use, but but definitely, you know, when you show a first pass, for example, a blocking pass, and you you add something that you felt like, oh, it could be cool. That's definitely in the beginning stage. On, on and and then the director would be like, whoa, this is amazing. Let's let's try more of this, uh, or it could be like, no, let's not do that. But it you have to feel. <laughs> When is the good a good time to to do these things? Like when you're in a pol- you're polishing a shot and suddenly you add these crazy stuff. Is like, well, that was not something we signed off. Yeah, I guess there's a balance. There's yeah. a balance. There's freedom, but then there's also restraints, and it's just yeah. navigating um, them. So after Spider Verse, I had a bit of a break. I uh, went back home to the Netherlands, and then I rejoined Sony after four months, I think, to start working on Fivo, which is a Netflix uh, film. And uh, I was starting on that show as the very first animator. So we were at the end of of a production like that. It's like sixty to one hundred animators working on the show. So being the first one was kind <laughs> of in- intimidating. Yeah. But I was working with a supervisor that I had known from Small Food. We had a great connection there, and he uh, took me uh, along with the ins and outs of of pre production because we had to start setting up a style for the movie 
uh, with animation tests and whatnot, but also testing the rigs, giving the rigs feedback. And there was some another, you know, learning experience where you're like, oh my gosh, what, what do we even look for? But in that show, there is a couple of fantasy sequences. And those fantasy sequences were storyboarded and, and there was some concept art that they really wanted to also make a hybrid 2D, 3D version of it. So it, it really had to look 2D. Yeah, I felt like at the start of, of the the PEP projects, or what it was called earlier, uh, Winged uh, production is to, to really uh, continue on that exploration of combining 2D and 3D elements together and, and hand-drawn animation combined with, with 3D animation. So it, it looking back at starting from Spider-Verse into Vivo and now uh, doing a show over here, or like a project here at Blender. Yeah, like that is kind of the the red thread, is it? Yeah, I can, yeah. I, I, can, Where, I can see I can see that for sure. Yeah, something that, that really sparked uh, passion and, and, and something I felt really comfortable with drawing even more. So I'd like to just quickly touch on before we wrap up on just some advice, Rick, uh, things that you've learned becoming a director for the first time on a yeah. short animated film with a small team. Any bits of advice to, to give people wanting to step into the world of directing? Ha! <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. We want we want the real we want the real stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, that that <laughs> let me uh, rewrite my answer. Now, I would say start doing your own movie first. Like, and I, what I mean with that is go through the process yourself. I've been doing some side projects that I was writing my own stories and eventually ending up with with a small project that I released online. So it's. Uh, I would say, yeah, like like start very very small to keep it bearable in a sense. Where this project was meant to be one minute, and it turned out to be three. So anticipate it's not always gonna. Yeah, it it will. <laughs> it's very easy to make things very complex. Try to keep it as simple as possible. Being surrounded with good people that helps a lot, and that's a, a privilege, I guess. Whatever team you're. Mm -hmm. working with that's what you you're working with so yeah that's a key to success as well because because and the realization that you're not able to do everything yourself does it does it does it sometimes help when you're working on a project that you love or you you have some kind of connection and passion to to be involved with i guess because sometimes people are attached to projects that they're not necessarily you know in love with does mm. that, would that would you imagine that making it more difficult to do, or is it like I've got a job to do? I just I I'm going to do it. There is always negatives to any project. I would say with what is given to you, I think there is something great about being thankful for whatever you get, and and it's almost a skill to have a perspective of of okay, this is what I've been given. Let me try to to make the best out of it. If it if it if, let's say you're animating and you get only C shots instead of A shots, make those A C shots count as an A shot. Like put in your extra miles, and then eventually people will appreciate the extra mile you you do for those. Great, great answer, Rick. That that makes complete sense. You know, yeah. Um, 
Because I, I imagine sometimes people, you know, you hear people say, oh, I'm really not enjoying this shot or this project because yeah. so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. But yeah, change the perspective if you, if you can turn it into, you know, I'm going to animate this mug lifting hey. up the best it can be um, yeah. and, enjoy, and, and just put enjoyment into it as much as possible. I can re- I really enjoy simple animation doing that. Just making something fall down, like a bouncing. There, there. In 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 Winged, we have a lot of debris going on the floor, and it's only five assets. It's like a spring and a little cockwheel, and and you will see them throughout the movie. It's all the same. <laughs> I love animating those. It's like it gives that little extra spark on on the shot. As an animator, no, that now I sound like a purist, but no. uh, it's it's really like. If you can animate something and, and, and it doesn't matter if it's it's a cube or it's a, a full-blown character or if it's a Disney show or it's a, a Blender short, it's the process. If you if you like it, and you, you, you can turn it into something that, that you own and that you can uh, be satisfied with, then yeah, it shouldn't matter. Amazing. That's a great response, Rick. Thank you. I could talk a lot longer than this with yourself. Um, yeah, it was it was a pleasure, man. Honestly, really, really enjoyed um, talking to you, Rick. It was a great time. Have an, have an amazing day, Rick, and we'll catch up with you soon, man. Cheers. Say hi to the Blender crew. We'll do that. Okay, take care, Rick. All the best. Bye. Bye, buddy. Bye. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Remember to check out our other episodes available or check out the podcast in video form on our YouTube. Again, please drop us a rating and review. See you next time. The VFX process, getting intimate with your industry. Brought to you by Big Two Studios.